Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas, here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. And uh, we are on some new grounds and some new territory, ladies and gentlemen. We are in a new studio, live in living color, having fun recording this in a new studio. I'm joined by the co-host of co-host Chris joining us today. And today's topic is, without question, a great one. It is the week one of the NFL recap. We had a monumental occasion of week one of the NFL as alongside with the college football situation as well, which I won't dabble too much into because this is about NFL. And at the beginning of the Chris, thank you for joining me as always, my friend. Yes, sir. And uh, today's topic, man, I'll be I'll be remiss and I'll be I'll be a complete idiot if I don't talk about the elephant in the room here, obviously, in the situation that has arisen at the beginning of the NFL season was the Monday night football. Obviously, on the anniversary of September 11th, uh, to, you know, and it was live in MetLife, the shadows of New York City, and four plays into Aaron Rodgers' playing career in the New York Jets organization comes to a screeching halt, and he tears what what they thought was his Achilles, and today they confirmed that injury. I believe that was yesterday they confirmed it. But, uh, Chris, I think that changed our entire pick scenario. Uh, for the entire AFC and the entire football world, uh, it's kind of a sad situation. But as a Patriots fan, I was actually hoping to looking forward to playing against Aaron. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a sad state of affairs. I'm trying yeah. to have your thoughts on the first thing there. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> what I mean, what can what can you say? I mean, I mean. You know, probably one of the biggest buildups to uh, you know a player. You know, I probably I, I think, and maybe in my lifetime. I mean, I don't. To me, I don't think the fanfare was as big for like for Peyton Manning, but I, <clears throat> you know, and this we were young, but almost. And again, I maybe have to ask a vet more, uh, you know, a more senior football fan, but it kind of reminds me of maybe when Joe Montana went from uh, San Francisco to Kansas City, where you have a player, even though Joe Montana is probably a little later in his career, but um, which I, in the same way, I guess Aaron Rodgers. So it actually, might be a pretty accurate, you know, depiction of of a you know a, a Hall of Fame quarterback going from. You know, a, a team where he really built his career to uh, to another to another franchise, but I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you say? Uh, you know, for us, yeah. There, there's a lot there, my man. There's a. Yeah. I mean, not only does it impact the Jets and their entire potential, uh, it also impacts the Green Bay Packers. And a lot of people haven't really thought about this, but it definitely does because it was if Aaron Rodgers played seventy percent, I think it was seventy five or seventy percent of the playable snaps on offense, they would owe them a first-round draft pick. Now, with this injury, that drastically changes the entire trade dynamic, as well as, you know, the future of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is an Achilles injury, which I think we've only seen, other than Kobe Bryant in the NBA, which, I mean, that was also later in his career as well. And that wasn't on, arguably, the biggest debate we have right now in the NFL is the, the argument of turf versus natural grass. Uh, Chris, I think you can 
agree or disagree with me on that, but that is the biggest debate yeah. that we have right now. Um, yeah. Other than, you know, other than the player safety and the kicking rules that change and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, obviously the NFL players union put out a statement, you know, saying that they want all, all 30 or all 32 teams to move or, you know, I mean, obviously there are teams that currently play on a grass surface, but to have the full league back playing on a grass surface and, you know, uh, when it comes down, it comes down to money and these owners, are they willing to spend said money on, on their facilities to do that? You know, and then the, the constraints of stadiums that don't have the ability to let to grow grass, you know, because like use Lucas Oil Stadium as an example or the Superdome or something like that compared to, yeah. you know, stadiums that were built with this type of technology, like the stadium in Arizona and then the new stadium in Las Vegas on top yep. of stadiums that currently have, um, you know, that well, have I mean, I don't disagree. Grass. I don't disagree with the owner's stance in a sense, but I do disagree with their 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 inability to convey a thought on this argument because they actually with the the world cup coming to the united states um they have agreed at least the larger stadiums in the metropolitan areas to use grass so i can see it it's difficult to understand their logical argument of why not grass if they're willing to do it for the world cup why aren't they willing to do it for the nfl players which David Bakhtiari, you know, obviously a former teammate of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I, I, he was a very vocal guy on Twitter. I mean, it was a very, I, I'm, I was kind of sad for the New York Jets fans, and that's coming from a Patriots fan, dude. Like, I, I mean, I'm a very staunch critic of the Jets over the years, and I, I, I make them to be sound like the redheaded stepchildren of the New York metropolitan area because that's who they are. The Giants are very close behind them now, but. Um, it's pretty tough. And I mean, I know we're opening this up with the Aaron Rodgers conversation because I, I it's the elephant in the room. You got as a fan, you have to discuss this because it impacts the entire NFL season now. And and I think what we saw from Monday was the continuation of what we saw starting on Thursday night football, which Chris, I'm not sure if you saw that either, but I, I don't know about you, but to see the Chiefs lose to arguably over the last 25 years, the worst franchise in the NFL history, the Detroit Lions, who have done phenomenal things here in the last two years. They've lost barely any games coming down the stretch of last season, and they come on, they go on the road to one of the largest and loudest stadiums in the entire world and upset the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Phenomenal opening day game, by the way. Yeah. Barn burner. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and I know that even Mike, people were giving um, Mike Trico crap because he mentioned at the end of the game about, you know, putting an asterisk next to this victory. And I guess in some ways you, you, you could sort, I mean, maybe it wasn't the best, the best choice of words, but you know, you factor in, obviously Travis Kelsey was inactive. Um, so, you know, the, the chiefs were definitely not at full, at full strength, but yeah, I mean, got to give credit to, Dan Campbell and um, and um, uh, Jared Goff go out to go on the road and yeah in a hostile environment you know they're getting their Super Bowl rings and stuff and they come out there and, and squeak out a, a huge victory I don't think that anybody was expecting uh, you got to give a ton of credit to the Detroit Lions you know to to, to pull out a win like that so um, yeah that's all that's about all you can say 
And it really, it truly is. It was a great opening, in my opinion, of the NFL season because, I mean, arguably, the Kansas City Chiefs obviously won the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. And and you saw this on games on Sunday, which I'll talk about here in a short, short second here, is you saw kind of a weird continuation of what you know in the NFC, which I think we'll, we'll, you'll you'll go into length about here shortly. And what I knew about the AFC got completely flipped on its head. Okay. Um, I'll just go into an example here. The Steelers went against the San Francisco 49ers and basically got dog walked for four quarters. And it was not a pretty sight. And they did the Pittsburgh Steelers did really well during preseason, which any NFL sports fan will say to me and agree with me on this. That the preseason is exactly that, the preseason. It does not reflect, arguably, what will happen during the regular season due to injuries, players that are playing, etc., play calling. But uniquely, I did not expect the next result that I'm about to talk about here, and that is the Browns, the Brownies, okay, with their new logo at the 50-yard line, beating the living daylights out of Joe Burrow who just got paid $235 million. Chris, I, I don't know about you, but do you, do you think the man just laid down after getting that check or something? Because, I mean, that that was just a... Let me just yeah. read off the story. Let me just read off the stat line of this game, okay? This is where... This is a barn burner of stupidity here. Ready for this? Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I, I, want, I want you to hear this on this one, because... For a guy that just got paid two hundred and thirty-five million dollars, okay, I want I want this to be really clear. Fourteen for thirty-one, okay, fourteen, fourteen completions for thirty-one attempts. So yep. basically, sitting at fifty percent, and threw for a grand spanking total of eighty something, eighty-two damn yards. Yeah, a guy that supposedly. And I mean this with all due respect to Deshaun Watson, supposedly had some inappropriate affairs with his massage therapist, allegedly. Uh, had 16 for 29 and 154 yards with one touchdown and one interception. But the star of the show really was in this game, had nothing to do with the passing game at all. It was definitely Nick Chubb who just put out a barn burner of an ass whooping. And uh, excuse my language for all your glossy ears out there, but that was just ridiculous to watch. And, and I mean that with all sincerity with sports fans as a guy that watches football regularly to see arguably, okay, arguably the runner up in the AFC get shellacked in this manner by a team that's going to finish in the bottom of the barrel in the division is scary. Will they bounce back? Hopefully so. But while I'm going down to this tangent about the AFC here, as a Patriots fan, okay, we, we took a tough loss against the Spiegels. I mean, the Eagles, a.k.a. the Dirty Birds. We only lost to the Eagles by five points. And I, as a consolation, as a fan, I was extremely impressed not only by what I saw in the pregame and the halftime with the Tom Brady celebration, which I'll allude to and talk about here in a second. But the offensive side of the ball for the New England Patriots did something that I, as a fan, 
am really excited about. And that is score points and throw the ball and, and run the ball and have a very good offensive side of the scheme, which we did not have last year because Matt Patricia, who is a defensive coach and special teams guy, was calling the plays. So Bill O'Brien's effect is insurmountable when it comes to what we're about to experience here in the Patriot fandom. But that wasn't the highlight reel of the game. The highlight reel was watching a man that's arguably, Chris, and I know you hate me to say this, the greatest player to ever put on a pair of pads comes back to Foxborough. And, and I, Chris, I know it hurts your soul for me to even say these things because, you know, you are an anti-Tom Brady person. But the man comes back, rings a lighthouse, has a good time with his family. Celebration, obviously, he gets the announcement to being inducted to the Patriot Hall of Fame, which he's rightfully should have an entire floor and a pretty much half half the house should belong to him. Because uh, basically, Gillette Stadium is the house that he built, just like we used to say that Yankee Stadium is the house that Jeter built. So that was the cool part about me as a fan. Well, I'll let you go into the NFC here in a minute, but if you go through the other AFC games, the other takeaway I think that is pretty remarkable is that the Raiders beat the Broncos. Um, the big highlight that I think a lot of fans are really excited about is that the Chargers and the Dolphins game played out the way it did with Tua Tungabaloa coming back and really putting out a clinic. Him and, and the Cheetah, known as Tyreek Hill, having a field day. And uh, that was a pretty exciting situation. But... Realistically, the AFC now with this result of what happened with Aaron Rodgers and, and a lot of other things, it's going to be a toss-up, on, I, I believe, now going forward on who actually is going to win that conference. Now, I don't believe that the, the, the Bengals are going to be able to go down the stretch and win. And I, I truly believe, Chris, that uh, the Patriots now can actually really have an opportunity here to win that division. Um, the Buffalo Bills, the Beals, as they like to call the Beals, uh, you know, not as strong as they once were. The Zach Wilson conversation will continue, but the Jets are going to have to prove themselves. The AFC East now is a wide open division now, and I think that's going to be exciting. The AFC North, or I'm sorry, is it AFC North? Yeah, it is. Uh, that's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. And until they otherwise let that one go, the AFC West is still the Chiefs. So the NFC, though, man. Um, I'll let you allude to this, but we, you know, you you had enough games where I, I just I'm as surprised as anyone is about the Dallas Cowboys. But I'll let you go into it, buddy. Yeah, so we'll we'll start with uh, some of the Sunday games. Uh, obviously, the we'll start with the the Bucks and the uh, the Vikings. The the Bucks winning a you know kind of a surprise winning on the road with uh, um with Baker Mayfield at quarterback squeaking out a win over, you know, I think a team that everyone's kind of originally kind of picked the Vikings to, to win the, uh, to win the NFC North. Um, my, uh, my Carolina Panthers with, with rookie quarterback Bryce Young uh, had flashes of few flashes of brilliance on, on Sunday, but when it came down to it, uh, you know, Bryce Young threw, uh, you know, he threw two interceptions and then, um, you know, the defense at the end kind of fell apart. And, um, so yeah, unfortunately, you know, my, 
my Carolina Panthers did lose there on 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 Sunday to the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter looked, you know, he looked decent. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, I think that I think right now that division is really kind of is kind of wide open still. I, I truly do believe that, but I also, you know, you look at it from the perspective of of uh, you know what what's going to happen here. You know, long term. Uh, you know, Kyle Kyle Pitts played his first game as a uh, as an Atlanta Falcon and um, you know had had one big catch there at the end of the game. Jesse Bates, who was the NFC Player of the Week, uh, had two interceptions um, for for Atlanta as well. So you know, all around a, a a good day if you're a if you're a fan of the uh, the Dirty Birds in Atlanta there as they take the first of the uh, divisional games there against against the Panthers. Uh, the I'm calling I'm I'm I'll say the the, the Redskins slash football team slash Commanders pulling out a win against the Cardinals. I mean, I, a lot of people are saying oh, the Cardinals tanking out for the first overall pick next year. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, you know, one week into the season, but clearly the uh, Kyler Murray uh, quarterback situation is not progressing uh, anywhere. So uh, yeah, Washington pulls out, pulls out a victory there. Uh, touched on the 49ers, obviously beating the Steelers and stuff. The Saints with Derek Carr first game uh, in, in the big easy pulling out of, a win over the Titans. Uh, you know, the Titans, I think Ryan Tannehill, he's just he's just kind of a mid quarterback, if you want to use a term that the millennials or the gen the gen uh, gen Zers use. He's just kind of there. Um but yeah, Saints pull out a victory there uh in 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 the in the Superdome. Um Rams and the Seahawks. You know, I think a lot of talk was, you know, how good, you know, could you know what what were the Rams gonna look like this year? Um, you know, but they pull out a, a victory there. You know, Geno Smith, obviously a journeyman quarterback. Um, you know, you kind of you kind of get what you expect there with Seattle. I think you know it, it'd be hard for him to continue that for in the year two. Jordan Love first uh, first start uh, for the Packers pulls out a you know a pretty decisive win over the Bears, who we know stink. So um, you know, really no kind of. Thought it'd be a closer game, but you know if the Packers once again continue to have have a hold of uh, of Chicago of Chicago, and then obviously the the you know the most telltale sign of the weekend was Sunday Night Football with the uh, the Dallas Cowboys going into uh, MetLife Stadium and laying a trouncing on the New York Football Giants, um, forty to nothing. I mean. As I told people this week, if if the Cowboys continue to play like that, I mean Dak Prescott could be the most overpaid game game manager in football history because uh, he didn't he really didn't have to do a whole lot uh, when your defense creates that many turnovers and uh, you know and, and the run and the run game was was solid with uh, with Tony Pollard as well. So you know Daniel Jones was was awful. He was fifteen twenty eight, hundred and four yards and two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley didn't do much. Um, yeah, I mean, we look at the Giants and you're like, what in tarnation just happened there? So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in week two as, uh, things continue in the, uh, in the NFC. I just think, man, the Cowboys obviously living in Dallas, the Cowboys are, you know, obviously <laughs> everyone's thinking that they're going to go to the Super Bowl every year here, but it, it's to, to watch them do that on Sunday night football. I go, Oh, well, and by the way, it wasn't like an offense of this, like, you know, every time they got the ball, they went down the field. It was literally 
a game of complete utter dominance, and that's what it was. It was the the kicking game yeah. or the kick defense game. They had a a blocked field goal. They had a yeah. blocked punt. They had a blocked game uh, strip sack fumble for a touchdown. I Big mean, step. it was it yeah. was literally a def- it was really a complete game if you ask me. Like the offense was on the side of the football, you know, all that, and, and like it wasn't all that great to watch. But when they were, it was two very key guys. It was Tony Pollard, who's on a franchise tag, and C.D. Lamb, who's Arguably one of the best receivers in the game of NFL. He obviously came out of Oklahoma. Jerry Jones liked what he looked like. They did the same thing with Des, Bre- uh, Des Bryant when he came to the NFL, too. He was an Oklahoma State guy. So they, they obviously have a pedigree for drafting well out of college. There's no question about that. It's just, what are you going to do with the guy when he gets to the point of contract years? Jerry Jones is notoriously cheap in the running back situation. That's why Zeke Elliott's no, now a Patriot, um, which... Zeke Elliott did a pretty fine job, uh, and I I mean this, like, I I know I'm going to talk about the Patriots fandom here, but I I need to talk about this because the guy in a a complimentary role of football only had seven carries for 29 yards, and Ramondre Stevenson had 12 for 25. The more productive back was a Zeke Elliott, so that shows that he was going back to his, his kind of his roots there a little bit of being, you know, a four to five yard to carry back. So. Do I think he's going to be solid? Absolutely. Do I think the Cowboys hold this down the stretch? Time will tell. I think, arguably, though, the NFC is more secure in what we thought it was going to be, you know, throughout the year. Yeah. Than we and then we thought. I mean, the AFC now with that New York Jets situation with Aaron that changes everything, and, and that goes into Week Two now because the Week Two games. Which, Chris, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but it seems like Amazon's got a little bit better choice of games this year on the Thursday night games. We're not dealing with like the four and 12 teams playing yeah. on Thursday night now. So we're getting a little bit better. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, do you, well, you want to let you real quick, you want to run through each of the games and make our make our choices here? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I'm, I'm doing there. that. Uh, I just pulled it up here um, for Thursday night games. Everybody, everyone wants to talk about it. It's the Vikings and the Eagles. Uh, right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are a six-point favorite. Uh, they're playing in, in Philadelphia. So I, I'm going to say the Eagles will definitely win that one for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to cover the spread, but I, I think they could definitely win that game. So I'll let you – what do yeah. you think? Yeah, I'll take I'll, I'll take the Eagles. Take the Eagles in that one. All right, so going on the Sunday games now. All right, the Sunday day games anyway. We got Packers-Falcons, Raiders-Bills. Ravens, Bengals, Seahawks, Lions, Chargers, Titans, Bears, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Jaguars, Colts, Texans, Niners, Rams, Giants, Cardinals, Jets, Cowboys, Washington football team, Broncos, and for Sunday night football this week is the Dolphins and the Patriots. And we have two Monday night games this week with the Saints and Panthers and the Browns and the Steelers on Monday night. So, also, arguably, Chris, I don't think we talked about it, but the whole, you know, the whole ESPN charter debacle kind of pissed everybody off. But I'm glad it got resolved. But it didn't get resolved enough to watch some college football on Saturday. But no. it was, uh, you know, that's called big, big companies fighting it out for no reason. But okay, so going into the list of this nonsense, the Packers versus the Falcons. I'm gonna go with the uh, the pack here. I'm gonna go with the green, the go pack, go. I'm not sure what you think there. Uh, 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go Packers. I, there, part of me did want to take the Falcons as much as I don't like the Falcons. You know, just coming off of a, a you know, a, it's okay to be a fandom. Like, you know, it doesn't hurt your feelings. Playing, playing at <laughs> home, playing, playing at home. Yeah, I think I'll roll. I think I'll roll with the Packers. All right, we got Raiders and Bills. Who you got? Raiders and Bills. Uh, Bills are at home. Take the Bills. You know what? I, I'm going to say this. There is no chance in heck that the Raiders or the Bills are going to cover a nine and a half point line no. here. No. So uh, I'm going to say the Raiders just for the sake of ha-has here. Because okay. uh, I'm not a fan. Of, I'm going to be a fandom here. I, I'm, I'm going to be anti-Buffalo Bills. Here's a good one. Ravens versus the Bengals. Uh, I, I can't see. I can't see Joe Burrow laying an egg two weeks in a row. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm going to go differently on this one. I'm going to go Ravens here. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I, I am not a fan. Like, listen, I, I like Joe Burrow as a player. Yeah. But uh, the Ravens are the Ravens, dude. This that That's probably going to be the game. Uh, of the, like the 12 of uh, 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 all the games are being played at 12 o'clock. That's probably going to be the game that I might want to watch more and forget NFL Red Zone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Seahawks and Lions. I, I'm going to go with. The new Detroit Lions. Yep, I agree. And uh, we got the Chargers and the Titans here. Here's the best part about Detroit on that game, by the way, Chris, is a five-point favorite. When was the last time you saw the Detroit Lions a favorite long-term in a season? Uh, Anything. (laughs) It's it's been a while. There's no doubt about that. But I also could see it being a trap game for them. You come off a a huge win. On the road, and you have to go home and play your home opener. I could saw, I could see you laying an egg, but I, I don't. I, I just don't. I don't see Detroit lose. I don't see Geno Smith going into Detroit and you know winning there. So yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear on that one, bud. All right, so we got uh, the Chargers, San Diego. Sorry, I mean L.A. Whatever you want to call yourselves now, okay? Versus the, and the Titans. Uh you're calling this one, bud. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one, too, because I, yeah. I hate to say it, but I think the Tennessee Titans are a lame duck this year Yeah, with, with Ryan Tannehill on yeah. quarterback. Then we get the sorry the Chicago Bears, or better known as Bear Down, or Da Bears, and, and going against the Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay, as you fans allude to, the Buccaneers. What do you got? I'm going to take Tampa. Yeah, I'm going to go Tampa, too. All right. So this is going to be the fun game. You talk about trap games. Here's a trap game for you. The the Clown Show Jaguars versus the Kansas City Chiefs in Jacksonville, Florida, with the Kansas City Chiefs being a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Man. That's a, that's a bookie trap game. All yeah. Day long, <laughs> that, I, Trevor, you know, it's either going to get good Trevor Lawrence or bad Trevor Lawrence. You can get Trevor Lawrence who – you know, could throw four could throw four touchdowns, or Trevor Lawrence with those three interceptions. Uh, man, I and, and I, I would imagine that that Kansas City is going to get Travis Kelsey back this week, right? I haven't I haven't looked. I, I'm I'm not sure. They haven't they haven't they haven't ruled him out yet. But I mean, he has up until last Thursday, he he played almost eight years without missing a game. Yeah. So I mean, I I would say you know he's probably due back if he's not. If he is due back, he's probably on a pitch count, you know, of some yeah. kind. I, I don't think he's going to be a full back 100%. It'd be, hard, it, it, it'd be hard to see Kansas City lose two in a row. I, I got to go Kansas City. But I think I think that if if Travis Kelsey plays, I think they, they easily cover the spread. If he doesn't, I think it's going to be close. 
I, I'll say this, man. I, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars on this game. Jesus. <laughs> I understand. What? I, I got I to go barn. Listen, I, I'm not impressed by the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I mean, it's been I mean one for them, for them to lose. One game. Okay, huh? It's been one game. one game. And listen, if I'm going to go on a limb here, I'm going to go on a limb here. It's one of those things where, okay, arguably, okay, I'll, I'll go into this reasoning here in a second, is that you had Chris Jones have a holdout, okay, and they sign him back this week after losing a one-point game to a team that barely has beaten 500, okay, that played lights out against them on Thursday night, which arguably is a short week in the NFL world. Arguably a short week. You have been practicing, though, for the entire month of August to get you to that point of opening game, and you threw that up, and you, even if Travis Kelsey was or it wasn't there, they only put on 20 points. That tells me there's something wrong here. Travis Kelsey, Man, I, think that, I, think, I think the NFL teams, if, if the Jaguars come with a really strong defense here, I, like, just like you saw with Detroit, Detroit pressured Patrick Mahomes more than he's been pressured in a long, long time. The same, the, you know, the last time someone did that to Patrick Mahomes was, it was against the now the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is now the head coach blitzed him so many times during the Super Bowl that that man probably couldn't even figure out what name of the week it was. Like that's, I'm telling you, the pressure game to the Patrick Mahomes is the deciding factor on whether or not he's going to have a successful year. I think the Jaguars can pull it off. I think they got an upgrade. They got Calvin Ridley, who, bar none, I know he has some issues off the field, and he's just returning. But still, phenomenal player. They have a great – listen, I am not a longer – listen, I, I, I had to pull my inner, inner former student. You know, we used to be good friends with a Jacksonville Jaguar fan back in high school. I got to pull him out the woodwork here. You know, you got, you got a great team there in Jacksonville. I think it's it, – like you said, it's Doctor Jackal, Mister uh, Doctor Jackal, Mister Hyde there on who, what Trevor Lawrence does. But I think they got a legit shot here, and the three and a half points that tells me the line, the the bookies here, are really really unsure about the Travis Kelsey thing. Yeah, they had three and a half points that tells me a lot, and that's yeah. that's really does it, it does tell me a lot there. Now the Colts and the Texans. I'm sorry, I gotta go with, I I gotta go with the the, the Colts here. I know it hurts my soul. You know, to to talk yeah. about Colts in a positive light, but you know, it uh, yeah, the Texans are definitely a rebuilding team, and I don't see them. You know, CJ Shroud is listen; he's a young kid. He's gonna he's gonna play well. Are they gonna hell? Who knows? The Colts might the Colts might throw up an egg here, but Anthony Richardson's a beast. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. I think I'll I think I'll I'll roll with the Colts too. We got the Niners and Rams. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the Niners here. Brock Purdy, which I, yeah, it's he's pretty good. Okay, per, pretty good. <laughs> he do figure this out. This line on that game is eight points favorites to the Niners. Eight points. That's insane. With that much offensive weaponry, that game is gonna be a high scoring game, dude. It's gonna yep. be insane. Yep. Uh, you got the Giants and the Cardinals. Sorry, I'm keep. Uh, I'm you know, just stay at home. Just stay at home. Um. <laughs> I'm going to say this. It's going to hurt my soul to even cheer for this team, but I'm going to go with the Giants on this one. You know, it's just, I can't, I can't cheer for the Giants, dude, but I have, in this game, this game is a barn burner of nothing burgers here. 
Yeah, got it. Yeah, I think I think Big Blue. I think Big Blue will will win out in the desert. And then we got on the craziness of the New York Jets versus the Cowboys here. The Cowboys are nine point favorite and, and playing here in Dallas uh, at their, I believe, home opener. Yep, I could be yep. wrong. Yep, it's a home yep. opener. I'm I'm sorry. The Cowboys aren't. I don't see them covering at nine points, but I see them winning. Oh, come on, yeah, uh, yeah. As much as the pain, the Cowboys are going to cover the spread there. Nine points against the Jets with Zach Wilson. Eh, you never know. Yeah, I I think they cover the spread. I think they cover the spread. Uh, uh, you know, that's where we, I went on a limb earlier. Hell, there's your limb for you. Yeah. <laughs> there's your limb for you. Cow, yep. Cowboys cover, Cowboys cover the spread. And, and uh, you know, if not, we're going to be like the Buffalo care. Wild Wings moment. Take care um, of the BS Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, Jesus. Just, ugh. <laughs> Hurts my soul to hear you say that. Uh, the Washington football team, commanders slash Redskins, whoever you want to call yourselves versus the Broncos. I'm going to go commanders on this one. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, yep, I agree. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean. It is just what it is. And then R- you got, Russell, uh, Russell, yeah, I just don't see Russell a little Wilson better last do. week, but he still looks like trash. So. Oh, yeah, he looks like trash. Yeah. All righty. So then the last game. Actually, the last game for the Sunday night football games, is the, the Patriots and the Dolphins, which me being a Patriots fan here, the Miami Dolphins are a three point favorite here. And uh, I definitely see them covering that. We're going to lose the Dolphins here if if we don't figure out Tua Tungabaloa here somehow. And they're playing in Foxborough. With, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> yep. Um, Saint, your 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 Panthers going against the who that and uh, in Charlotte in, in Charlotte. Let's see who's going to win that one, bud. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a homer. I'm, I'm gonna roll Carolina. I mean, I I. I they they got to win this game. If they start the season zero and two, it's yeah, I mean it's basically a wash at that point. So well, here's the crazy part about it: the Saints are a three point favorite and with a thirty nine and a half point over under. So you figure that out. Uh, that's the, that tells you everything the bookies need to know. Yeah. Uh, and the last the last game here, I'm just gonna before we close this out is the Browns versus the Steelers. I'm gonna go with the Brownies. Yep. Uh, you know, keep the homer going. Yep, and uh, have some fun there. I don't know what your view on that one is. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, Browns. Yeah, that was quick and easy, right? <laughs> Only about twenty, about seventeen games to go through in five to ten minutes. Yeah, Bra- the first that, that, you guys realize Bra- first two games the uh, Steelers have played are at home games. Everyone else. Well, uh, the Patriots are. This is the second yeah. game too. So the Patriots. Too, I, are at home yeah, I was looking at it, following. I'm like, wow, everyone just we played first week. It was home. Everyone swapped except for those two, so I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, also the Bengals as well are playing at home. That's a three. That's a three for, and then yeah, and Andy, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a three team stayed at home this week. Yeah, but yeah, man, it it was awesome talking about the NFL in the week one. We got a fun, strong week two coming around the corner next week. Recap, you know, NFL is in wide, wide, great. Great spirits, and uh, it should be a national holiday every week, and that it is. So feel free to like, subscribe, all that fun stuff on social media. Chris, thank you for joining me. Uh, we're going to do another episode here in a little while. We're going to talk about the NASCAR playoff cutoff here at Bristol Motor Speedway on the next episode. Feel free to join us for that. Chris, thank you for joining me. See you next and, time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. See you next time, bud. <laughs>